When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, friends and trash pandas, welcome to Trashy Divorces, everyone's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Alicia. My name is Stacy. You've got something a little fun, a little good morning scandal. Nobody needs to know about it. Yes, the world has been racked by two TV hosts falling in love, apparently. We're going to talk about Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski and ask who wore it best. <laughs> the answer is not ABC. <laughs> Before we begin our episode, I do have a magic mirror here to give some thanks and shout outs to our newest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Thank you so much for joining us, Rosie, KCP, Nicole F, Paula W and Christina G as well. Have a little bit of love to send out to a few more of our trash pandas. Congrats to Joanna and her husband on their recent nuptials. We are thrilled for you both. Absolutely. Sending out some trashy love to one of our favorites, Teresa, and also to one of our dearest angels, to Katie, who wants to remind everyone with breasts to continue those self-exams every month, even during the holidays. Hmm. Thanks, Katie. Okay, I think that's it. No one needs to know right now, but they're going to as long as we... Go, go, go. Oh, Stacy, you're bringing us a television host scandal today. Little little nookie action, but not the not the one you're thinking of, right? So, as I think everybody in the United States is aware, there's a pretty classic sex scandal playing out at the Good Morning America show, where GMA three co-hosts Amy Robach and T.J. Holmes have apparently left their respective spouses for each other. And the ABC network appears to be fumbling the ball pretty badly in figuring out how to deal with it. But if network execs want some guidance, they don't have to look too far for a relevant example to draw from. Yeah, you can take a page out of another book, ABC, mm-hmm. that seems to have done pretty well for the, what, MSNBC network. Yep, over on MSNBC, morning talkers Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, today's subjects, were rumored to be a couple for years before concluding their respective divorces and becoming engaged and then married. Yeah, no one needs to know right now. (laughs) Joe Scarborough got himself single first, divorcing for the second time in 2013, but plenty had happened in his life prior to that. Let's get into it. Charles Joseph Scarborough joined the human race on April 9th, 1963, right here in Atlanta, Georgia. And his family, he has two siblings, moved around a bit throughout his childhood, settling down in Pensacola, Florida, when he was a teenager. He got his bachelor's at Bama and also apparently picked up his first wife there, uh, whom he married a year after graduating in 1985, so they married in 86. He's always been musical. He was in a band for a while called Dixon Mills around this time. Okay. He eventually went to law school, picked up his JD from the University of Florida in 1990, and settling down to work as a lawyer there in Pensacola. He and his wife would have two kids together during the marriage. 
and in 1994, at the tender age of 32, Joe ran for and was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. You're kidding. How did I not know that? Florida 1, the first congressional district of Florida, had become open when the eight-term Democratic incumbent retired that year, and Joe would be the first Republican to represent the area since Reconstruction. I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but 1994 was the Republican Revolution year when they took back the Congress for the first time in 40 years, whatever. Thanks, Newt Gingrich. And young Joe was a pretty radical voice even in Newt Gingrich's house. He wanted to force the U.S. to withdraw from the United Nations. Mm. Why not? To eliminate federal funding for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That's a boogaboo that goes back decades. He voted against a minimum wage increase to the princely sum of $5.15 an hour. Wow. And, of course, when the Clinton impeachment happened in 1998, old Rep Scarborough was there to vote to impeach. The following year, in 1999, he and his first wife divorced, and in a very Gingrich-esque move, in October of 2001, two years later, Joe married a longtime congressional staffer of his. Interesting, huh? Interesting. Wow. By then, Joe had resigned from Congress. That he was resigned? A, mm-hmm. He just didn't get read it and run for re-election? He just resigned? He, in May of 2001, just a few months into his fourth term, he announced his desire to spend more time with his two sons from yeah. that first marriage, okay. saying, the realization has come home to me that they're at a critical stage of their lives, and I would rather be judged at the end of my life as a father than as a congressman. Okay. If that I have is, questions about that. If that, okay. if that is true, that is admirable. Yeah, it's not normally when you when you resign Congress, it's not normally... That's what you say. Yes, that's what you but say. that's not the underlying particular Sp- reason. Spend more time with my family. Sus. Okay, continue. So, mm-hmm. Right, so this happens in May, and then in October he marries his mm-hmm. longtime sovereign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The picture's becoming clear. Is, it, is, is there a picture forming here? A little okay. bit. For the politically obsessed, and I know that's many of you, yes, this seat is currently held by Rep. Matt Gates. He, of alleged Venmo for sex with minors fame, Pensacola, what is up? Weirdly, while Joe was still in Congress back in 1999, he launched a free weekly newspaper called the Florida Sun. Sure he did. This is how writer Olivia Nozzi in New York Magazine described this paper in a 2017 profile of Joe and Mika. In the late 1990s, while serving in Congress, he ran a tabloid, The Florida Sun, in which he penned copy under various pseudonyms like (laughs) Esther Bankhead, a fictional Central Alabama Demolition Derby champion, 1961 to 1964, and Izzy Walzer, at turns described as a national affairs correspondent, religion writer, and, in one story, an olfactory correspondent. He's a regular old Benjamin Franklin, isn't he? With silence do good. Do you remember when Ben Franklin wrote under that pseudonym? Esther Bankhead. Go ahead. Yeah, this uh, proto-fake news operation does still exist today as the independent news. Though Joe has not been a part of it since like 2004. It merged with another paper and the owner of that paper bought Joe out. Like, whatever. But that's all okay because Joe Scarborough made himself a very busy man in a different part of media, arguably a much cooler part of media. In April of 2003, MSNBC launched a show called Scarborough Country, a four-night-a-week primetime vehicle 
that he hosted through 2007 when Morning Joe launched. And Morning Joe, of course, is where he would come to know Mika Brzezinski, his co-host, along with fellow co-host Willie Geist. So let's meet Mika. Willie is like the perennial third wheel in this scenario, just so we're clear. I feel a little bad for Willie Geist. Um, Mika, Emily, Leonia, Brzezinski came into the world on May 2nd, 1967 in New York City. She is famously the daughter of Zbigniew Brzezinski, the Polish-American diplomat, presidential advisor, and national security advisor to Jimmy Carter. Her mother is the Swiss-born sculptor Emily Anna Benesova, who is a grandniece of a former Czech president. Holy cats! Mm-hmm. Interesting parentage here. When Mika was a child, the family relocated to McLean, Virginia, for her father's job in the White House. She herself first visited the White House at the age of nine, if you're wondering what Bring Your Daughter to Work Day was like in the Carter years. This is incredible. She attended Georgetown and then Williams College, graduating in 89, and began climbing the journalism ladder at ABC that year. Like most young, ambitious journalists, she moved around quite a bit in her first decade in the biz, landing at a couple of networks in Hartford in the 90s, then joining CBS News as an anchor for their overnight news program. She married for the first time in 1993. Her now ex-husband is fellow journalist James Hoffer, who was also learning the biz in Hartford. They would have two daughters together. For part of 2001, she co-anchored an MSNBC daytime show called Homepage with Gina Gaston and Ashley Banfield. And the three collectively were referred to in Entertainment Weekly as, quote, the Powerpuff Girls of Journalism. Oh, my. So gross. Icky, icky. And not likely a career highlight for Mika, that little write-up. When Morning Joe launched, apparently she came to be known as the Hot Anchor another moniker that she is not at all fond of. Later in 2001, she was back at CBS just in time for the September 11th attacks. Mm -hmm. And so she developed a much higher profile as the Ground Zero reporter in that horrible incident. She was live on scene when the South Tower came down and presumably has not had a good night's sleep ever since. She stayed at CBS for several more years before being unceremoniously fired in 2006. She appeared on The Daily Beast's The New Abnormal podcast in 2021 and said this about that. This is from an article at therap.com. I still wake up going, why did that happen? She explained in a new podcast interview for The Daily Beast over the weekend. Like, I was so shocked. In conversation with The Beast's editor-at-large, she recalled how then-president of the network, Sean McManus, told her that her role as a correspondent wasn't working out. When she went to his office, she thought she was headed there to pitch a story or maybe even get promoted. I was like, oh my god, it's not working out. Like, I'm getting fired? I remember the blood running out of every body part I could feel, and I asked him why. And apparently he didn't really have... It's like when... Your boss says we're going in a different direction. Sure. Which is to say that... Interesting. They're going away from you. Yeah, I... Anyway. She also said that her firing... I mean, this is like a very tiny community of elite TV news people. Like, everybody knew what had happened. So she was very much damaged goods for a while after this. It was was a big blow. She's a, a big advocate for women in the professions and... Yeah, I wonder what the, we're going in a different direction was. That's very curious. 
But, you know, all's well that ends well, I suppose, because this is how, in January of 2007, Mika Brzezinski returned to MSNBC just months before a major shakeup in the network's morning programming. This is such a good spot to take a break, Alicia. And when we come back, we're going to introduce the show that would become the most inside baseball politics program in the country (laughs) and frequently set the agenda for D.C.'s power brokers. Pour your coffee, butter your toast. We'll see you on the flip. So these talented kids, now both at MSNBC, what happens? All right, so we're going to go back to Olivia Nozzi's 2017 profile of Joe and Mika titled, Donald Trump is not invited to the wedding. Joe, Mika, and their star-crossed relationship with the president, which is a gleefully fun read that takes you right back to all the dime store palace intrigue of the era with slimy Trump White House advisors anonymously asserting things that are obviously untrue and were obviously untrue at the time. Like, they're saying he doesn't watch television. Come on, (laughs) And this is a beat that Olivia Nuzzi handled gloriously during those unbelievable four years. Here we go, from her piece. For years now, Morning Joe, which airs weekdays on MSNBC from 6 to 9 a.m. and in September will celebrate its 10th anniversary, has been the preferred programming of the political elite. Pundits and experts and people presenting as experts clamor to appear alongside the famous for journalism cast of regulars and visitors, who sit in the round and converse freely, asking one another questions and playfully arguing in what is designed to feel like a breakfast conversation among egg-headed family members. The hosts have come to seem like a kind of political royalty. Betsy Rothstein, Washington's premier and also virtually only gossip columnist, told me that in the bubble and among a certain breed of DC type, quote, they are highly praised. I mean, how else do you get on a show like this unless you sufficiently suck up to the hosts? Good question. It's an effective formula, and for 10 years, quote, other than the size of my hair and Joe's hair and maybe Mika's haircut, not much has changed, Willie Geist, their co-host, told me. Olivia continues, We knew early on that we clicked on TV, Scarborough said, and until recently the pair was most comfortable discussing their chemistry within the context of the show. They say they first met at the old MSNBC studios in Secaucus, And Scarborough has often talked about how he was sure he'd found his co-host when he asked Brzezinski to explain why, when doing newsbreak cut-ins, she used a caustic lilt when saying Scarborough Country, his old show, on the network. Her retort was perfect. How can I make fun of a show I've never seen? And that flirtatious cat and mouse and mouse and cat dynamic has greeted Americans getting ready for work ever since. She continues, the thing Joe and I both appreciated about Miko was that she was just going to give you shit no matter what, Geist told me. They share a small office with desks two feet away from each other, and Nora Ephron, TD alum, and Nora Ephron once described the show as a romantic comedy and Joe and Mika as a, quote, temporary couple on air. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Everything apparently is, is copy. copy. Which makes Geist something of a third wheel, though he says he's fine with that. After the very first episode, Scarborough said, quote, people were calling Mika saying, when did you work with this guy before? How long have you known this guy? She was like, I just met him yesterday. By the way, if you are somehow not familiar with Joe and Mika, like what they look like, this is how Olivia describes them also to a T. At six foot three or eight foot nine, including the hair, Scarborough looks like Jimmy Neutron in his Lizard King phase. (laughs) Or Tucker Carlson after someone put him through a taffy pulling machine. (laughs) No matter the shoe, he never wears socks, displaying a pair of glistening ankles at all times. 
Brzezinski is five foot six and the unusually even color of a Vizsla puppy. Her blinding hair a cross between Carolyn Bissett Kennedy's and Polly Pockets. Together, they achieve a kind of strange aesthetic perfection. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so in May of 2007, MSNBC canceled the, the video broadcast of the Imus in the Morning radio show, which had kicked off the network's daily programming for its first 11 years. They began an audition process to fill that 6 to 9 a.m. slot, and in July, Morning Joe launched. To be clear, Morning Joe is nowhere near the top in ratings for its time slot, even among cable news shows. It typically draws maybe a third to half of the audience that Fox and Friends enjoys over on the Fox network. And Fox and Friends does maybe a third of what network champion Good Morning America draws over on ABC. So what makes Morning Joe stand out is not its audience size. It's the peculiar nature of the audience it draws. Morning Joe watchers are political obsessives, including political professionals in Washington and probably in state capitals across the country. It features top political journalists from leading publications offering insight and commentary on, let's face it, the gossip mill that is Washington, D.C., and serves as a platform for Joe, Mika, Willie, and their guests to set the agenda for the national conversation day in and day out. It is a show that punches far above its weight. It's also frequently very funny, and certain bits have gone viral over the years. For instance, in its first year, Mika simply refused to read a news story about Paris Hilton. She just thought it was frivolous and did not want to bother with that. The next hour, when her producer again offered it up as an item for her to read, she instead tried to set it on fire. (gasps) Willie intervened and prevented her from doing so. The third hour, the hour after that, Mika just went off and retrieved a paper shredder from a nearby office and pushed the script for that item through the shredder. Sure, Mika. Another time, she refused to read a story about Lindsay Lohan. Willie Geist and the abominable Pat Buchanan ended up reading it instead with the on-screen caption, News You Can't Use. And of course, there was the unavoidable matter of the fizzing chemistry between Joe and Mika. As Joe tells the story, in 2012, his dad died. The next year, he turned 50 and took a good hard look at his life and what he wanted from it. He divorced his second wife after 12 years of marriage and was mired in depression for a good long while. Joe and Mika are understandably vague on the timing of when their relationship went from collegial to romantic, but Olivia Nuzzi, noting that the origin of their relationship was inconvenient, was able to coax a little out of Mika by asking if there was a moment when she knew, you know, like avoiding timelines, like was there was there yeah. a moment? Mika, who remained married to her first husband through 2015, responded, quote, there was a moment and it was alarming complicated and alarming. Mm. Yeah, she continues, this is really way more than I want to say. I've got people I care about who will read this, but yeah, there definitely was a moment where I realized, and it was hard. In June of 2016, it was reported in various places that Mika had ended her marriage the year before. Those articles alluded to rumors that she and Joe were an item, with an NBC insider telling the New York Post, Everybody at 30 Rock knows they're a couple. They're constantly together. They arrive and leave events together, even on weekends. They're each other's publicists and finish each other's sentences. It is the worst kept secret in TV. (laughs) Wow. But they continued to avoid addressing the rumors, seeming to delight on television in inside jokes referencing the stories. One time... Joe was saying something, and Mika said, let me finish your sentence. 
onto politics or, or what, right? Like referencing that. They're quote. playing it. They're playing, They're playing it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were also well into the 2016 <laughs> election season by this point. And the Morning Joe editorial stance had evolved over time from being sort of open to candidate Trump, who they had both known for a number of years, to Trump is unfit for office. On August 9th of 2016, Joe published an op-ed in the Washington Post titled, The GOP Must Dump Trump, and Trump responded in his very favorite way, with a mean name-calling tweet. Mm. On August 22nd, he typed this into the Bird app. Someday, when things calm down, I'll tell the real story of at Joe NBC and his very insecure longtime girlfriend at Morning Mika. Two clowns! I forgot about two clowns. Two clowns! Good lord. 2016 was just so long ago. The world's leading expert on insecurity and clownishness had weighed in without a care in the world for the people inside the blast radius of the Joe Mika romance. Mm-hmm. They have six children between them. They have ex-spouses. They have both of their mothers are still around, I think. Mika told Olivia Nuzzi it caused a lot of pain. And like, I'm not kidding when I talk about Dime Store Palace intrigue. So like Olivia goes to the White House and interviews people about this and a senior White House official who could have been Trump, could have been Steve Bannon, could have been Reince Priebus. Like, who knows? You you pick told Olivia that Trump's decision to out their relationship was the, quote, most important juncture in his feud with the hosts. Quote, he... (laughs) God bless. He wanted people to see that the description was deliberate. Let's pause here. We're going to let the cruelty seep out a bit. We're going to check in with our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to get to the aftermath, an engagement, a wedding, and perhaps a happily ever after. Oh, the mazel. Back in a minute. So even with the ugly tweet, one of very, very many, as we all remember, Joe and Mika never really publicly confirmed that they were dating, right? They would hint, as they had always hinted, And when Joe told The Hollywood Reporter in early 2017, we have a crackling on-air chemistry and a crackling off-air chemistry, too. I think that pretty much says it, doesn't it? Like, yeah, but it's not the same. I don't know. Time took care of things, though. For Mika's 50th birthday, the pair took a trip to Antibes on the French Riviera, and Joe proposed to her there. According to Emily Smith at page 6, Quote, we're told Scarborough, 54, got down on one knee and proposed at the scenic Barbellini at the Hotel du Cap Eden Rock. They didn't get engaged at the Hotel du Cap. Yes, did they, they did. really? Yes, they did. The Hotel du Cap is utterly famous. We've covered it on Patreon before. I had a feeling this was going to hit your, yeah. Oh, I just South got all the, the tingly buttons. chills, yeah. Yes, which has a breathtaking moonlit outdoor terrace overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. Again, Emily Smith at page six. A source told us Joe got down on one knee and proposed old-fashioned style with a ring. Of course, Mika accepted. They came back from the trip on cloud nine. There are no wedding plans as of yet. They are just telling their families the happy news. That is amazing. Oh, gosh, we covered the Hotel de Cap. On Patreon, it was originally begun as an artist retreat. It is the place that Somerset Mom wrote, A Sunny Place for Shady People. The Hotel de Cap was eventually rented out by Gerald and Sarah Murphy, the expatriates who created and fostered this expat community in Paris. Oh my gosh. Is it the place that Winston Churchill is thought to have had his one affair? 
Oh, Winston Churchill has had many affairs. We're oh. going to talk about a few of them within Done and Done. But yes, it is. Uh, Marlena Dietrich was there. Churchill was there. Pablo Picasso as well. Daryl Zanuck and Orson Welles treated it like a second home. It was the place that the there was like this meteor party and they called it the fatal night. And Evelyn Walsh McLean with her cursed hope diamond removed her 45 carat gem that everybody could hold because the world was going to end. Even the Kennedy family hung out at the hotel to cap storied history. I had no idea. That's okay. Spider webs abound. So they picked that on purpose. Don't even forget it serves as a retreat for the Duke and Duchess of Windsor too. Hotel de Cap. It was a fairly long engagement, all things considered. I'm so happy I could give you that I gift, just, I Alicia. love it. I mean, congratulations, <laughs> Joe and Mika, but I really am excited about your the location of your engagement. It's remarkable. It was a fairly long engagement, all things considered. They finally tied the knot in November of 2018, so like almost a year and a half later, with a ceremony described as secret in most outlets. But these are media people who have a big round table, wide-ranging guests. And so Vanity Fair's Emily Jane Fox, who is an MSNBC contributor who appears on Morning Joe, was present for the ceremony and wrote it up this way. At 5.40 p.m. on Saturday evening, Mika Brzezinski hurried out of a black SUV a few dozen yards from the back entrance of the National Archives. An umbrella was popped open for her, and she walked into the historic library in order to get married to her longtime Morning Joe colleague and partner, Joe Scarborough, in front of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. Part of the popularity of the Skarzynski relationship, thank you, Emily Jane Fox, for that, Skarzynski, uh. derives from the fact that despite their prominent roles as hosts of perhaps the most influential news program in American politics, their romance has been handled with militant discretion. The couple who got engaged last spring at the Hotel de Cap in France never talk about their relationship on the air, are seldom photographed together at social events or spotted at restaurants, on vacation, at parties. This discipline has lent the duo an unexpected celebrity air, rendering them a sort of Brangelina of the political media in-crowd, a credential more or less certified when Donald Trump offered to have them married at the White House during a visit in 2017. They declined the offer. Their wedding was handled with similar secrecy. Washington was a post-Thanksgiving ghost town. Congress was out of session. The president was in Palm Beach. Much of the city's permanent class was away for the holiday or at home in suburban Maryland or northern Virginia. Okay, so the officiant for their wedding, i this was fascinating, was Representative Elijah Cumming. Yeah, of, that I did know. Of Isn't Maryland, that amazing? Who toasted them later at their reception by saying, I'm here tonight because of the important work Joe and Mika do every day and to celebrate them and the love they have for each other and their kids. Before he offered some advice, make wonderful memories because at some point that's all you will have. This is prescient since unbeknownst to the public, Cummings had lived with a rare form of cancer for 25 years Mm -hmm. and he passed away the following October. Weird coda. That is more or less... Joe and Mika and the Er talk show host scandal, if it was a scandal, that ABC could probably take some lessons from in dealing with its current GMA3 blow-up. Yeah, it is weird. It seems like it really worked out for one network. I'm confused at their <laughs> hesitancy and their let's take everybody off the air when... Yeah. I mean, I understand you don't want to drive up ratings and make that the story. Yeah, you don't want to drive up ratings. No television <laughs> network has ever wanted Everybody to drive up ratings. Everybody hates that. 
Morning Joe continues to fuel the national conversation. Mika continues to champion women in the workplace with her Know Your Value campaign. And the couple were most recently spotted at Biden's first state dinner for visiting French President Emmanuel Macron a week or so ago, along with a whole mess of famous faces, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Jennifer Garner and her daughter Violet, Ariana DeBose, Stephen Colbert, and Vogue editor-in-chief Anna Wintour. That's just a list of people you like. Holy cats. And that's them. I don't know. Trash cans here. I feel like the trash cans actually go to the executives at ABC who really do seem to be mishandling their situation with uh, with their snuggling co-hosts. I mean, it's something to work with your spouse. That's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good on them. Good on them. Yeah. So there you go. Joe, Mika, and the non-traversy that was. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Do we want a little bit of a bonus? I'm sure that our listeners would not hate that. In honor of the Hotel Decap French <laughs> Riviera connection, on our free Patreon episodes link. I'll add that one out if y'all want to hear more about the Hotel Decap and all of its rich and storied history. That's great. Yeah, that's uh, bit.ly slash trash candy. That's where you get all the free Patreon. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe to us on patreon.com slash trashy divorces. If you're looking to get yourself a nice little holiday gift. Holy cats, we got about 1,200 episodes over there, spiderwebs galore. Yeah, I mean, you can be assured that Joe and Mika's reception menu was fancy. I chose not to include it because I cannot pronounce most of <laughs> what they dined on or the wine they drank I or champagne, probably. Um, anyway, it, it was fancy. Let's just say that. Only the fanciest of Only things. Only the fanciest of things. Here at Trashy Divorces. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, hanging out with us another week. We're going to be back on Wednesday with a brand new trashy divorce a spectacle for you in the meantime keep your hands clean keep your hearts trashy friends big love have a tremendous week see you wednesday bye and thanks to you for listening trashy divorces is a hemlock creatives production created and produced right here in atlanta georgia by us stacy and alicia with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.